Welcome to the Reconnection Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Shelton, international Akashic Records reader, spiritual teacher, writer, and blogger. On this podcast, I will provide you with channel teachings, tools, and support so you can embody your highest self, break through blocks, and tune in to your heart. I am here to guide you to reconnect and realign so you can grow and glow. If you are inspired by what you hear today, please leave a review of the show and share this episode on social media. Also, check out the Reconnection Social Group on Facebook. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, you sexy souls, and welcome back to Reconnection. I hope you are having a super califragilisticexpialidocious type of day going on. And you guys, it has been so long since I have had a guest on this show and I did that for many reasons. One, I wasn't really feeling called to anybody and two, I just kind of wanted to do my own thing and it really allowed me to get more comfortable in my voice as well as in my channeling and just sharing messages that felt really resonant. But now I'm feeling like opening that gates back up and I have so many amazing guests coming on the show in the next couple of months and we are kicking it off with Remington Donovan and I first heard about him when I I think it was like a year ago and then I heard about him again on Shaman Durek's podcast and you might have heard me on a different episode of this show say that I've had an experience where I was doing a meditation and then all of a sudden I was seeing like the pyramids, I was seeing like Mary, I felt like I was there and a few days after I had that meditation, that thing happened, I was listening to a podcast with Shaman Durek and Remington Donovan and they were talking about this and I was like oh my god I want to have him on the podcast that is so amazing and he is literally just chock full of knowledge about numerology about tarot about Kabbalah and basically anything under the sun he is so skilled in this in this whole realm and I know I have definitely learned so much from him just by listening to him speak about numerology and just speak about anything that we talk about during this episode because it is truly just mind-blowing information that you do not see on Instagram. You don't see it on Facebook or whatever you like to consume your content. This is stuff that takes training and stuff that takes deep understanding and deep integration and he definitely has done that and you'll definitely hear that throughout this episode. And so I'm going to turn myself off, shut the mouth, and let's dive into today's episode with Remington Donovan. So today we are joined with Remington Donovan. He is a numerologist, tarot reader, seer, and teacher of kundalini yoga. He uses his in-depth knowledge of these technologies to help empower, inspire, and guide individuals worldwide. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have so much I want to ask you. I first heard about you when you were on Shaman Durek's podcast and you were speaking about Egypt and Mary and like literally a few days before that I had a vision of exactly what you were talking about. So I was like, I need to talk to this person. And so before we dive into all of that good stuff and numerology, I would love if you would share with everyone a little bit about who you are and what exactly do you do? Um, yes, Elizabeth, thanks so much for having me on. And as you were saying that, 
because I remember that episode. I feel like we both, like, I was like, man, we really went off the rails, like, talking about some crazy stuff and experiences that I don't always, like, publicly share. Um, but Shaman Dirk's, like, super all out there. But mm -hmm. um, the, uh, uh, yeah, well, I feel like you said it really well. Um, so I... I guess you could say, yes, I'm a numerologist sort of by trade. Um, my, my upbringing was with yoga. Uh, so, you know, early on, I guess I'm sort of second generation in, in that. And I was born into a, a spiritual community. Um, so, you know, I, I was very, I was exposed to meditation and, and yoga and just sort of spiritual mindset um, from birth. And then as I got a little older, really as a teenager, I started to really find my way. I, I wanted to explore tarot. And then that led me to what people know as the Western mystery tradition. So that combines mystical Kabbalah, ceremonial magic, medic magic, uh, numerology. Many, many traditions utilize numerology, even like pop culture utilizes numerology, you know, lucky 13 or seven, seven, seven and a casino or something like that. Mm -hmm. But by trade, yes, I meet with a lot of clients. I do numerology, but I also that all, you can't separate it. It's numerology, it's tarot, it's astrology. Um, so I always get confused. And when I started being more public about all of this and sort of, I guess, quote, branding myself, just, where I was more known for doing all of this for, as a job. Um, you know, it's hard, you know, as I have, like, I know people in this quote industry, it feels funny even saying that they're like, Oh, you got a brand. You got to be one thing. I'm like, it's her, it's, it's magic. It's not one thing. It, it all merges. Numerology is looking at colors. There's numerology of sounds, you know, like we're recording this. I don't know when you're going to launch it, but you know, on June 10th, we have an upcoming eclipse and that eclipse, the sound current of that eclipse, for example, is uh, the D, the D chord or the D note. So that energy, so then I could say, well, D is the Empress card, which is also relates to the letter Dalit, which is a doorway, and that's numerical value of four. So there's no, it all connects. So I'm a mystic to sum it all up. But as far as what I do, I do a lot of work, a lot of one-on-ones, and then I teach a lot uh, and I share. And it's sort of like, um, you know, it's just a cosmic connecting of the dots that I have a lot of training and it's those processes really open up the intuition and you kind of just get to the, the answers, you know? Yeah. And I have some, Oh, I'm a writer too. <laughs> you are. <laughs> uh, yes. Now I'm a writer slash author. So I, mean, I got to own that more. That's my mission. Like, yeah, I'm mystic, but now I'm an author writer. Yeah, you got to put that on your website. <laughs> Let people know. <laughs> I know I got to brand it. I actually, no, all joking aside, I probably should uh, work with the PR person just to clean all that up. Like all of that. Like I, some people don't realize, just even posting on Instagram because it's like that's a job in itself. I don't it really is. Realize. Yeah. If you're utilizing it for business, I mean, there's like personal Instagram, and that's fine. And, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's a lot of planning and. I'm sure as you know, but, um, yeah, that probably is a very, um, 
long way to explain. I'm essentially a mystic. I connect the dots. I do love teaching it, though, and, and that's really where things are growing for me, and that's kind of one of my big passions with all of this. And so you mentioned that you grew up like in the spiritual world. And was there ever a moment where you kind of took a step back from spirituality and maybe kind of questioned it? Um, in, yeah, I mean, sort of. Yeah, yes. But in a different way, and I'll explain. So I grew up um, with uh, this teacher named Swami Sachinananda. And in the, in the 60s, a bunch of teachers from India started coming over um, kind of seeing the need that people really were looking for something deeper. You know, that was sort of the, the hippie movement that we really started to see in the West, probably a little bit more in the, well, in, in England and Europe, but it, you know, I was born in the United States, so I know it from that perspective. Um, and Sachi and Nanda was in, guided, really instructed, because you have a teacher at that level. If they're like, you're going to America to teach yoga, you're just like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Um, and he came here in the 60s, and then I was born in the 70s. So, um, you know, it was very devotional. It was very dedicated lifestyle. It was full, you know, yoga. And as a um, – so one of the things I really learned is that the thing that – the impression that I got is that what's most important really in life – what was I born to do is really your spiritual evolution. Um, and so that really instilled something in me. And that's what I, I sort of at some level had always valued. But then as a, as a teenager, um, you know, I, and I grew up originally going to the private, we had our own private school. We had like our yoga school. We literally, the kids had to, literally we all took turns teaching yoga. I was seven teaching yoga classes. We would have a little circle every morning because this was a very small school. I think at the height of it, it was maybe 18 kids. And we would have a circle and we'd all go around and share like our ideas or feelings and things like that, which I think is actually a really good idea, but they not, nobody really quite knew what they were doing yet. There was, some of this was intuitively guided. Some of this was from Swami Sachinanda, but we'd meditate, we'd do yoga every day. And then it was very creative. Um, didn't lend well to academia once I went into like public school for me, not so much, but a lot of my friends, they, they really excelled. A lot of them are even professors and things like that. But um, as a teenager, that whole society relocated and my parents had a business that was pretty established in new England. So they, we couldn't really just up and move. And then I was like a teenage boy and I loved like heavy metal music and you know you start meeting girls and I'm in high school I still like the the strictness of the spirituality the way I saw it which where some people literally took monastic vows like that's like you're giving up you know sex and money and everything well like a teenage boy like you're just like oh I'm meeting girls and this is exciting and I so I I questioned all of that. Like it's, it felt very restrictive to what I was interested in. And I don't mean just being like, 
you know, oh, girl crazy, you know, just being right. like a kid and wanting more, ex like, expression of freedom and rock and roll and art and and things like that. Um, and then it really, my, I discovered witchcraft. I discovered Wicca, really. And um, that sort of opened up a lot for me because I, I was very intrigued with the devotion to spirituality and then a little bit more open-minded attitude towards like uh, sexuality and, mm -hmm. um, and financial success and things like that. So um, that's then, but also that was just in my soul and the tarot, which I've actually had tarot cards since I was an infant, but my earliest memories is playing with this tarot deck, which is the deck that I still use now from when I was three years old. Okay. Um, so I've been looking at these images. So since birth, yeah, my mom in Berkeley, California, where my parents helped open this yoga center for Sachi Nanda there with a bunch of other people. She was a waitress at a vegetarian restaurant and these people she was like what 22 at the time if that and um these people came in and they didn't have enough money for a tip so they bequeathed to her this tarot deck as a tip and then i've had it and um so i feel like that sort of opened it up in my psyche but you know as a teenager it, it was like finding these other paths mm -hmm. really intrigued me and i just felt it was more open-minded like a lot of people don't know that yoga at a certain level, certain traditions, people really, people were like monks. They, they that's what a, mona a monastic vow is like saying, I dedicated my life mm -hmm. through this particular path of spirituality. And it's a vow of poverty. It's a vow of celibacy. And I'm telling you, I don't know too many teenagers that are like, yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> but my, the mis, you know, misinformation was, I was uh, born into thinking, oh, well, that's like spirituality has to be super high and holy mm -hmm. like that. And there are, if that's the tradition, if that's what your path is and that's right, and that's what your soul really wants to and needs to and wants to experience, like, absolutely. But for me, um, it was the other arena. So then I just started really getting into tarot and I started doing tarot readings for this Sufi woman that I knew. And she was the one, I was like 16. Her name is Mary Pat Fisher. She actually has, she's published a bunch of books and things. I think she lives in India now. Um, and her son was, he was a little bit older, but he was a friend of mine, um, like in high school, really nice guy. He actually lives in Los Angeles. Like we, we're in touch. We don't hang out all the time. We're a really good guy. But she was blown away by the tarot readings that I was doing as a teenager. And she's the one who really said, you know, you have a real talent and a real gift here and you should pursue this. And, and that I feel like that opened up something in my psyche. And then, then that opened up a few years later, really delving into so much of the work that I do now, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely does. Because some things we were meant to experience, but maybe that's not meant to be our path. And, you know, like with yoga, like you're saying, a lot of like traditional yoga, it's more 
intense than kind of what we experience it or what it is now today, especially in like West in the West. Like you see like hit yoga going on. It's like, okay, that's not really what yoga is meant to be. But right. Goat, goat yoga. Um, there's some, there's, I saw this class in New York, heavy metal yoga, which <laughs> having, I've like always, I, that's like my thing. I have loved heavy metal since I was like a little kid. Right. And I remember my dad's like, my parents were still kind of artsy and cool and they did craft shows and they're basically like hippie artists. Um, but that the yoga is intense and that's it. And so as, as a like young adult and I was really dedicated to my path of loosely, we could call it the Western mystery tradition. I I was very dismissive of yoga Mm -hmm. because I was like, it's totally been corrupted and it's just BS and it's people at a gym and there's a million things. I'm like hot yoga, this and that, whatever. Like as an adult or as like me now, I see the benefit of it and I'm like, great. You know, it's, that's helping people. And so it's, people can take it as deep as they want to, but originally these teachers came over and it was a full like balls to the wall, dedicated lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's, yeah, that to me, uh, yeah, I just wasn't as interested. Although I still practice yoga now but i had i had dismissed it i was like i'm not signing up i'm not doing a yoga class but now i teach i really like kundalini yoga and i sort of found a community and that's also a slightly different practice with as far as all of that so because like i was born in the west like or just modern world i don't think it's a real difference between mm-hmm. east and west so much now but um you know we all have to be some level of functioning functioning adult in the world still working on that but you know what I, mean. <laughs> I think we all are <laughs> look adulting skills <laughs> yoga for adulting um, i wouldn't be surprised if that would be a class coming out soon <laughs> it probably to be honest i feel like i've it, it, without calling it that i feel like i've maybe touched on those topics because <laughs> that ties into astrology that's saturn that's Saturn in astrology. So my joke is Saturn is the adulting planet. And, uh, I, you know, I feel like I'm still, I'm like 49 and I feel like I'm still, still growing up. So I'm sure we all are. And so you have worked with a lot of different modalities and you've been able to kind of connect them and see how they all kind of work together and, learn them in their own unique way. So what would you say has been your biggest lesson or wisdom that you've really gained and taken in from, from that? Well, right off the bat, I mean, on some level, it's, it's all, all the same. And that's even something that was very much instilled to me growing up the way I grew up. Swami Satchitananda's mission, his sort of motto is truth is one paths are many. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they really wanted to do is create a temple that was a dedication to every spiritual path. And in his language, it was every religion. And um, so I really, and I learned and I I had, we had people visit from like all traditions. I would meet Buddhist monks. I would meet, um, you know, and then within Buddhism, there's different traditions. I'd, I'd literally met Shinto monks and rabbis and, uh, priests and 
you name it, uh, people from the Sikh tradition and the Jain tradition, and the list goes on. And I was exposed to all these quotes and teachings like, hey, basically, we're all doing the same thing, right? But um, with the way I sort of merge, so what I'm saying is in a way, it's not, in a way, it's almost not like emerging because it all kind of comes from the same source. But mm-hmm. um, what I find is my years of mystical Kabbalah is really has given me the, the I guess, the experience at some level of, of wisdom and then knowledge with how to really quickly connect dots. So, I, you know, I, I can very easily, I can do almost any type of divination. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I may have to know, learn like, oh, how to do, you know, this is this technique of pyromancy or, you know, I do I Ching and things like that. It's because the of the way Kabbalah is a method of really that sort of dot connecting anyhow. And so you, your consciousness really starts to abstract. And so you can really read the signs and, and connect things in a very fluid way, in a very creative way. And that is how it becomes very easy to merge. So even this book that I just wrote that's coming out officially, it's actually my publisher put it out for 1111, uh, which I thought was really cool because there's not like a, they're not like a new age publisher. They're just, they're kind of a, a regular straight publisher. They do a lot of cookbooks and biographies and their numerology book comes out 1111. But I, in that book, I teach, I've taken something called tantric numerology and then I use the tree of life as a foundation for the Kabbalah, which ties into the connection of numbers with astrology, with colors and then sort of spiritual principles and teachings behind all that. And the systems really come from the same sort of secret tradition, I feel like, because the numbers even in these traditions more or less mean the same thing. But I was able to very quickly create a harmony in what the sort of broad, the broad spectrum teaching of that number. Um, But mystical Kabbalah is really the method where you can tap into probably any tradition or any system. And and really qu- quickly at whatever wherever level you're at sort of grasp it and utilize it. So was there like any specific lesson from any of those teachings that really stuck out to you? No, because it doesn't really work. It's not like, you know, it's funny because it, it's a process and it's mm-hmm. a method and it's a practice, you know, when I talk about, the language around the Western mystery tradition or ceremonial magic or mystical Kabbalah is always what I hear is study, study. Oh, I studied. I think I maybe even wrote it in one of my bios. Maybe it's in my clubhouse bio or something, but um, it's, it's the studying and that's not it at all. Like I'm not sitting around reading books, it becomes really, I was given a few things, a few correspondence, a few teachings, right? In an intellectual level, and I've spent a lifetime sort of working with it. And so it's not like, oh, here's this, here's this one teaching, but 
it just starts to come through. So you kind of just have to live it. I guess for me is I've just been living it for so long and then it's a little easier to on some level convey it. But um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, there's no like one teaching. There's a lot of teachings, but there isn't one like that's how you're going to harmonize and synthesize <laughs> all this wisdom. So I'm curious about more into numerology because a lot of people, when they first get into spirituality, they are met with angel numbers and maybe they start seeing signs and there's so much rhetoric online about what it means. And there might be people who say, don't look up the numbers because you're supposed to trust your own intuition. And I'm curious on your thoughts about angel numbers and should okay. people look at them, et cetera. <laughs> Um, this is actually a, a great question. Um, and uh, I'm going to deflate everybody's ego here, but overall in, um, like in the, in Kabbalah numerology, three, three, three or four, 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 as opposed to three ninety eight or seven twenty two, it's just a one of another number and the lot of infinite numbers. And all of those different numbers mean something different. So the significant sort of meaning per se, let's look at 444 because I've just, it's been coming up for me a little bit. Um, you know, you can actually research and go deeper. Like one of the things 444 means is uh, the plague of the frogs. So when like everyone last year, it's 2020 and it was like April 4th and everyone's like mind blown and waiting for me to post about it. Um, is kind of funny to me, but what I will say is first off, you can take the number, let's say four and four, you know, with numerology, you're allowed to start free associate, right? So in some level, I'm going to agree, like, let your intuition guide you. Um, I do hear some crazy things in my humble opinion, but <laughs> four, we could say right off the bat, what's the first thing we think of four? It's maybe it's the fourth chakra is the heart. Now I know that four uh, is a number of high love. It's a number of mercy. It aligns in Kabbalah with Jupiter, things like that. So, you know, one in yoga, the yogic system, we see heart, compassion. And then in Kabbalah, we see four is mer the mercy, abundance, wisdom, and love of the universe, high love. So, okay, all right. So we have that concept. And then anything three is going to, is, is a powerful uh, sort of reality. What's well, a reality check, but it's a powerful manifestor. Three is when in the universe, Three is when things start to get real. It's the first energy of a container, right? So let's say you took a rock or something, you put, had one point in the, in the universe, and then you take another one, and now you have two points, and that makes a line. But the, the, the three point, once we first experience three in creation in the universe, that's the first point we can make a triangle. So that triangle is a container. That container is the idea of form. So that means any triple numbers have that idea of form. So it, it means something wants to manifest. So then you can take what you know about that number, amp it up, and then if nothing else, when you're seeing triple numbers, it really confirms a synchronicity and alignment. And synchronicity is the language of destiny. And so 
when if you're listening and you're seeing those numbers, at, at some point you can even get a little less attached. What does this number mean? What does this number mean? But it, it really confirms, hey, I'm in a zone, I'm in a flow. Maybe I'm seeing 222 everywhere. Yes, 222, because two is a very open, loving, receptive number. Um, it's very embracing. I often describe the energy of two as a big hug. So now it's 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 amplified because it's three of them. And then any again, anything three is really honing in on reality. It's like when things start to, it's the potential of big manifestation. So if I were going to a job interview, for example, something I really wanted and I was seeing twos everywhere, I would think that I probably have that job. Um, because I know that it's the negative space. It's an embrace Two is, is like a hug and I would feel good about it. I'll go to certain regions around the world and different numbers show up. Like I spent some time in Canada a few years ago and I was a two, actually it was all two, two, twos. And I was like, what's the stereotype? Canada is kind of like friendly and polite. <laughs> and it was like fluid. Two is a gentle number. But if I start seeing five, 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 I'm like, Five is an assertive, aggressive number. It's a number that wants to destroy. And what are you cutting away? It's also a teacher. So where are you more empowered, right? It's like kaboom. It's Mars in astrology. So I sometimes it's conflict. I definitely have stories where I'm like, I'm seeing a lot of fives. And I know, okay, maybe everything I'm attached to here isn't going to work out the way my mind is thinking. Um, but I think overall, take the, the angel numbers more as a, as a flow. They're, the angel numbers is a made-up new age paradigm from my perspective. There's mm -hmm. no, there isn't an old system of numerology. And then sometimes all systems come from some higher consciousness. So, you know, I don't want to diminish it either. But I don't use angel number terminology. But I do want to write numerology book. And I want to talk about triple sequence numbers. Because it's just kind of cool. Like, you'll see them. I mean, you, what's your latest triple number frequency? Um, I always see 911. I've seen it since I was a kid. Um, see, but so 911. So you're not seeing 999 or 111. No. It's 911. Right. <laughs> but you know what you can start to do? Like, if you're like, start adding those numbers up. Like, first of all, you could look at that date. Right, sure, it's it's lives and it's you know an infamy in you know the world you know the psyche right now, um, but nine is a number of sophistication. Nine is a number of grace and sensitivity and subtlety, and eleven is a number of infinite expansion. So, is it a message like, do you need to be? Sometimes the numbers are telling you what you need to do. Right. Like, what have you noticed that number, and then something's happened either way, or do you associate nine eleven with uh, you know the twin towers? I don't associate it with that. Like just since I was a kid, I would just walk into the room, and on the clock it would say nine eleven, or I'd check my phone and say nine eleven, or I'd get a package and it would have that number on it somewhere. Um. So, you know, and it's interesting how we always say it as 9-11. So you can look at those two numbers. Like 11 is a, is a very powerful, infinite flow. Um, but 9 is very sophisticated, very um, sort of, it's intelligent, but it's, it transcends mind intelligence. 
um, it's it really is like almost like psychic. So it's, it's almost a psychic energy. But it's interesting. I'm looking through an old Kabbalistic text, and that number in and of itself. Um, one of the things, and a lot of these are from old, from between the the Zohar and the Bible, and just from thousands of years ago, people have been logging some numbers, and that's gematria, and I utilize that system. And then I was handed down some reference material, which makes my life a lot easier than having to sort through like Hebrew dictionaries and stuff like that. But it's like, oh, here's one of the things. It's like the pit of de decay and the pit of destruction. Um, so what can you, if that comes up, is that something you feel like maybe you could burn off to purge the cleanse from yourself? Like, you know, or is it just showing up and you just notice that number? Um, it's just showing up. Yeah, because numerology, if you're not putting it into practice, it's kind of meaningless. Like everyone, everyone's just longing for some meaning. Like, oh, is it going to get back together with me or something? Like that's where this stuff turns into, like, I kind of hate that phrase magical thinking because this is like what we're supposed to be doing is connecting cosmic dots. But to really utilize numerology is to put into action and sort of get a sense of that message. But one of the other things of 9-11 is about a beginning and it's a, it's the primal energy and it's called, I don't know, like it's, I'll look at these old texts and it'll call, be like the first fruit. So then you kind of have to abstract all of that. So what's the gift? What's the fruits? And next time you see that number, Right in 9-11, this horrific incident happened that was very destructive, and it's called the pit of destruction. A lot of these world events like that, whether they're like, I feel like I call them diabolical miracles. And there's like some other force at work that knows the, this numerology, because I'll see very destructive things. That's kind of mind-blowing. But... Um, so I think those things are coming up. It's telling you to purge something. What can you put in the pit of destruction? Because clearly you're still here, so you weren't destroyed, right? <laughs> yeah, I will definitely have to look into that because that's very interesting. Because whenever I have looked it up before, I have never gotten that type of like answer on what it actually means. What was this just online? I know, I mean, honestly, online numerology, there's just, numerology, there's just not, there's not that much out there. That's what people don't understand. There's like, I'm taking traditions that I was very much trained in and literally have dedicated my life to. So my intention, even with my book, is that here's a gold standard and I'm teaching you to do numerology how I do it. And it's very approachable and there's common sense in it. Um, as much as I like to get totally mystically out there and reading all the signs and like, oh my God, dude, we're in this beautiful, abundant universe. Uh, I'm super <laughs> like, I can be super 3D and practical in the real world about it. Um, and uh, yeah, pay attention, but then just add that up. What's nine plus one is 10 plus one, right? So then that, so, you know, you can always play it safe if you're not sure and reduce things to like a single number. And this way you could look that up. You could look that up in my book. You could look up 11 or you could look up the number two. So see nine eleven, then frequencies back into 11. 
then you can play around with it. You can say what's nine times eleven, things like that. So uh, is it a, is it a message of eleven? Is it a message of nine? I'm gonna say my intuition on that for you is was is a message trying to say that you're actually way more in touch, way more psychic um, than maybe you are realizing. I mean, that would explain it because I do read the Akashic Records. <laughs> um, and you were, you, but you've been, like, when did you start tapping into all of that? Um, I think it was like a year and a half ago. When it so, when I first got, or it. I mean, like age, because you said you were you've seen this number through often throughout your life. Mm-hmm. I think I was like twenty two. Okay, so um, you know that was probably a message of that trying to to open up. Mm. Also, what I think you'll probably find cool, and everyone listening, is that that number can go back to eleven, and um, eleven is the number of sound and sound current and so if you sort of abstract that well well actually let's unabstract it let's 3d it sound is our voice and we're we're doing a podcast so it's like the broadcasting of your sound current out to the world so it's speaking public speaking so it also means the 11 energy holds a frequency that wants to keep sort of moving out interventionally uh sort of in the universe. If you you think about what sound is, you know, like I have a gong, I'm sitting right next to my gong. If I strike the gong, we know scientifically there's a vibrational frequency that extends out and that's the 11. So, you know, what are you expanding out? How are you using your sound? Often I'll I'll meet a lot of musicians. Actually, because I live in LA, I know a lot of Grammy winning musicians and every single one I know has a prominent 11 in their chart, which is sound current. That's very interesting. And I think like just hearing you speak about numerology in this way, it's so much more different than what I've seen, you know, like people on Instagram talk about it and it's much more like rich in knowledge and much deeper than kind of what I, at least I myself have typically have seen other people do it. And it, for them, it just seems very surface level where it's for you. It just seems like you go really deep into what is these numbers? What does it all mean? And that's really refreshing <laughs> to hear. Well, it's the deep, honestly, of all the numerology is kind of the deepest um, because it ties into everything. I'm like looking at, I have a red hat across like the hallway that I'm looking at Um and so right there, I'm like, oh, I'm really looking at the number five, for example. Um, or I'm looking at this blue picture, and I'm really looking at Jupiter. Or I'm looking at the, to me, it's like the color four. I know four is a number. So, yeah, numeral- You honestly, you're never going to learn numerology on Instagram, on TikTok, on, <laughs> on the internet. Like, you're not. Like, you're going to mm-hmm. come up. It's only a filter of someone else's ego interpretation. They may go on a whole spiel about how they downloaded this answer. But th- this is ancient. And there are systems. And I feel like there's an irreverence for some of these teachings that really are ancient and people have tuned in and and sages and and priestesses have really they've tuned into what what the inherent energy of these numbers are and i 
feel like I'm sharing that. But also, again, like what you said, it's like you got to, where are you applying it? It's got to go much deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, I can look at a numeral. I can usually look at people and uh, gauge most of their numbers and their chart just because I work with it all the time. Right. Um, not, I'm not saying that. That's through just practice, right? Just like mm-hmm. a, a, you know, I know musicians. They bl- Musicians blow my mind and they'll just listen to a song once and they got it and my buddy can play it on guitar. And I'm like, what? But, I, I, you know, they're just, they all have nines because they can read the subtle language of it all. But, um, you know, just with, I, I just work with it daily. So I think that helps. It's, you know, yes, I have some foundation of knowledge, but it's just a lot of experience. I've looked at charts and I've read so much into a chart. Honestly, I'm blown away. Like I, I've seen things from, um, you know, from, from health things. And I don't do like medical. I don't want to mess around with that. I'm not making diagnoses, but it'll come <laughs> up and I'll see it. And um, I just looked at uh, somebody's chart today and I could tell that the, there is their wife that I was like, Oh, fatherhood's right here. Um, I was like, this is happening. Like you basically you, you're about to be a dad. And, um, you know, turns out that's actually his wife is pregnant and they're due in September. (laughs) I was thinking that was floating around that, you know, I was like, if you don't want to have kids now, you might want to take this into consideration. That came through the numbers. So there's no, you're never going to look that up in a book is what I'm really saying. So really the way to use numerology is, is like a, it's a poetic meditative response in your psyche that opens up the you to higher channels. That's how the message is really going to come through. If you just keep this in the realm of like intellectual social media experience, you're never going to sort of penetrate into the veil, into the deeper consciousness. You're never going to get the answer. But it's not so, in a way, it's about the process. The answer is mm-hmm. like the side effect. Um, but I think when you're seeing things, often, yeah, it can be in alignment. But I know enough of the numbers. Like the five thing I was saying before. I was uh, I was in Spain and I was in Mallorca, which I don't know anyone listening. If you spent time there, it's on a, compared to an American, it's a very relaxed schedule as far as when businesses open. And it was like siesta time, and I was hungry, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna grab a bite to eat quick." And then that's like an impossible task because I'm used to, you know, I live in LA. You're like, "Oh, just go to the you know, go to the Erewhon and go to the hot food counter and get something," and uh, but I kept seeing five. I was like, oh, no, fives are showing up. I was like, it's not happening. I'm not going to find something to eat before I have to give this, uh, teach this class. And finally, I was like, oh, this Indian restaurant, I think it was. And then we show, they said they were opening at like 11 in the morning or whatever it was. Um, and then they were like, oh, come back. And like, I was like, what time do you open? They were like, uh, maybe one thirty. Like they don't even like, but I just knew because I kept seeing fives that I was like, oh, I'm just going to have a conflict. It's not going to, it's just not going to work out. So I might as well let go of eating and I'll just sort it out later. And so I knew, I just knew that every place we went would either be closed, somehow it'd be turned away, et cetera, et cetera. Was that like a big life altering 
epic meaning. No, it just was a little thing that I just, I could read from it. But mm -hmm. if you tap into it, the answers are going to come to you. That's what it's meant to do. Mm. So you know the answer of 9-11. You just don't know it. You know. <laughs> That's probably true. The, the nine, because there's also the nine frequency in there. Nines know. It's all knowing energy. It's interdimensional mm -hmm. reality. So you mentioned the five and I know we're in a five year. So I'm curious on what exactly does that mean? And how does that differ from last year, which was the four year? Well, five is, um, you know, it really is the number of Mars. And so in a high energy, Mars is all about right action. And Mars is, is very invigorated and, so think right action. So where are you going to make strides? Where are you going to sort of get up and go? Um, five is, is kind of the energy. It's a little bit like an alarm clock, and it's the energy that's meant to like get, get our butts out of bed, right? And so it's the same energy that can you know, motivate us. You know, we're out of bed and brushing our teeth or we're going to the gym. Uh, you know, it's also considered the physical body, so it's, it's, there's physical empowerment there. Um, but five is action and five is also inherently destructive. Mars is a destructive energy, uh, not any different than like, you know, a, a dirty casserole pan or a dirty pan that you burnt something in and you're using steel wool to destroy and, and, and break that away. And Kabbalah five is, excuse me, is the sword. So the five energy is going to be like, what can you clear away? What's like the old dirty pan in your life that you can like scour and scrub clean and polish? Where, you, But ultimately, where are you taking action? The four energy uh, that was, which was 2020, is a lot more passive. I thought it was interesting that the four year was the first time in history that we know where like a third plus two thirds of the planet were basically stuck at home sort of doing nothing and um that seemed very auspicious to me some people imploded over it all sorts of things we could get into on that but four is a more gentle more receptive a little more passive energy field so um but this five year is five is a very active active and activating number so it's sort of the energy of no, it's an editor. So what can you, where, where do you need to edit your life? What do you need to cut away? What's the, what's all the bullshit? What are you really about? And, and five is also willpower. So what do you really want? And we could have used the four year because it was a little mellower to assess who we are. Four is big picture awareness. It's compassion. And ultimately, it's true radical self-acceptance. When you know who you are, it's a lot easier to go for what you want. So like the setup of the year was, I was telling people in the four year, like figure out who you are. Forgive yourself. Four is forgiveness. The negative side of four is interesting because I've even written about this. The negative side of four is judgmental. It's supposed to be open-minded, heart, big picture awareness. It's called the neutral mind. And then the negative side is totally closed off. It's prejudice. It's interesting in America how 2020, like race really and prejudice really became the forefront of the zeitgeist of what a lot of 
people were thinking about. Uh, but at the same time, we were also home. And so four is like, it's either overcoming, it's really about overcoming resentment, forgive its forgiveness, but really it's on a high level for the individual. It's got to be about your own self-acceptance and to see who you are and to assess things that maybe don't serve you in the five energy that we moved into, you're going to clear those away. And then it gives us the vigor to go for what we want. Big picture awareness, you know who you are. That So we had all year to figure out who you, you had all year to figure out who you were at some level. This is the year that we should be going for. The year is almost half over. So if you've been like putzing around still in the lingering four energy, um, it's time to take some action. And uh, it's, a, it's a real clearing energy, you know? Um, I'm curious, have you seen like any big events kind of happen in the news that kind of correlate with that energy of the five year? Well, I was anticipating this year to potentially be a lot more violent. Um, but, you know, there's always world violence. Mm -hmm. I do feel like uh, more truth about a lot of things that are happening in the world are coming out. I mean, it was interesting, like right at the beginning of the year, and I posted about it, like all this insanity at like the Capitol and things like that. Um, I was like, oh, here we go, like five-year energy. Um, I do think a lot of dark energies and dark forces manipulate and utilize the, the numerology because I'll tell you the four energy while everyone's stuck at home and, and four is, is sort of passive and lazy is a great time to sort of confuse and manipulate and brainwash and people are just susceptible because their own laziness doesn't want to cause change. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like this five energy – yeah, I mean, we like we like, sure I could bring up. Oh, look at all this conflict in Israel and Palestine. That's been happening forever. Like all these things that have always been happening. I'm like, who are you? Just a freaking idiot! Like, did you like you seriously are just aware of this now? Like, I feel like I've known of this literally my entire life. Like, it's I'm shocking. Like, did you just discover that there was slavery in America? Like, and you never put together that there's probably long standing problems from that right. on so many levels. Like, how, like, I that's like people were imploding on me because they wanted, like, I'm like, get your own damn social media platform. Like, this isn't, like, I'm not going to fall prey to your political awakening. Like, you're so clueless. It's infuriating. Right. Like it's cool that you're like having some awareness, but like don't don't tell me. Sorry, that's my little rant there. So these things, the violence has been going on all the time. So so far, I feel like we're dodging some bullets as far as what potentially this five energy could be. But the year is only half over, so we'll see. But I think people are standing up for themselves more, and that's the five energy. And I think that the there's just a general intolerance towards bullshit, in my opinion. Um, and I think people are getting more empowered to to stand up for what they want and who they are, you know. And, and again, that doesn't have to the lo very low vibration of five is violence. The high vibration is, you know, what I, I can speak up for myself, and I'm empowered, and I'm vitalized, and 
you know what? I can get rid of things that I don't want anymore. So I'm mm -hmm. seeing it personally. Well, sure, my things, but I'm seeing it like within my circles and communities and things like that and just messages and people share. I am seeing a lot of people sort of moving on with their lives and moving out of the old. So it's a very awakening number. I think a lot of this is happening psychically. You know how many clients I deal with that are all there? Actually, this woman put it perfectly yesterday. She was like, you don't understand. She was like, I was a Diet Coke drinking, Pop Torx eating, you know, smoking cigarettes, total like muggle consciousness. And one day recently everything changed and like everything opened up and she was like getting, having these visitations and that may sound like crazy stuff, but I hear this constantly where people are having these awakenings and that's five energy is it, it can be a rude awakening, but it's an awakening. It's definitely the alarm clock going off. So um, people are tired of the lies. Yeah. And this kind of gets me into one of my last questions for you, which is there has been such a shift in consciousness. I feel like in the past year, maybe a little bit longer than that, it just has really been heightened, at least from what I've seen. And there's almost this divide that I've noticed in the spiritual community where it seems like there's some people who think they're very much in tune, but they're still playing into that illusion of what's going on and still playing into those old old paradigm patterns and I'm curious to see if like have you or people have self-censored I'm curious to see if like you have seen anything like that or if you've noticed some sort of shift uh, in that. I think I, I know what you're saying without saying all of it um <laughs> <laughs> it is what is insane to me right now is the level of like censorship mm -hmm. um that's real and oh, yeah. it's all under this bullshit narrative or like what I see is like, oh, what is like everything, any alternative viewpoint now of reality is like a, is a fucking QAnon bullshit. I, I actually am sort of over that. Yeah, I'm amazed that here's the fundamentally what you're saying in my, from my experience, mm -hmm. this is a humble, probably not so humble opinion, but people don't, there's all these people out there. They don't have, they never had a teacher. Mm-hmm. Right. So they've never, they're just like, you know, okay. So you, you went through a yoga training, you learned a little of this and that you do some breathing techniques and you figure out numerology on Instagram, like Instagrams becoming and YouTube's like their teachers. And then they make bold declarations, right? Like, so how many astrologers I know, they never had a real spiritual teacher. They don't have spiritual practices, mm -hmm. right? So they're just, they're looking at charts and stuff. And then you become some, quote, spiritual leader, you've never had a teacher. You've never went through the training. And that's sort of a downfall of what is now the Aquarian age. I think there's an entitlement of spirituality because we can Google everything up for free. And on some level, you have to, on some level, you pay for it. That's not always a financial exchange. And I don't mean you have to, like, pay hard, bitter dues. I think that's an old paradigm. But I do think the consciousness is absolutely shifting. Every spiritual tradition that I've ever been exposed to, and especially in magic, we're like the, the, uh, the energies are shifting. People are becoming more personally empowered. Do I see people that claim to be spiritual people that absolutely hold on to these old paradigms and allow themselves to be absolutely fooled and manipulated and lied to. Yes. Like absolutely. Um, 
but I see it as most of those people don't have a real inner practice. They don't have a real inner inner guidance. Mm -hmm. um, so on some level, I want to have some compassion, but the other part of me is just like, I can make something crap that I'm seeing out there. Um, but I think it's really important. If, if you're teaching kind of spiritual things and you never actually had a teacher, well, you know, I mean, it's what do you really have? And, um, you know, that's the misnomer now with this sort of this Aquarian age is people think we don't need teachers, right? It's like there's an old Van Morrison song, no guru, no method, no master. And that's true. And that is this paradigm. And, mm -hmm. you know, even in magic, what we teach is that this is called the Eon of Horus. So it's new consciousness. And I talk about this a lot. Um, you know, new agers are like, we're in the new age, it's a new paradigm, right? Spirituality is for everybody. And in magic, the teaching is, well, the sort of new spiritual teacher leader, quote unquote, the Messiah is each individual's connection to their own divinity, right? So we don't have to go through a, a church. We don't need a big teacher. We don't need to, you know, sit before Buddha or Jesus and mm -hmm. have them bestow wisdom. Um, do we still sort of use those teachings? Yes, but the, the misnomer on that is that we still don't need teachers. A real spiritual teacher is going to provide you with the tools to give you a greater experience of your own infinity. And if you're not doing something that gets you in touch with your own infinite self, this is where we see a lot of depression and confusion happening. It's one of it. And so what in this new frequency that we exist in, information isn't valuable anymore. We can, we all on our phones can Google it all. So the real value comes through experience. Mm -hmm. So these people that are imploding and being duped by the media and the, you know, social media in particular, they don't, they're probably not having regular experiences of their infinite consciousness. Because when you have that, you see through the lies and the illusion. Um, so the real commodity now is experience. Mm -hmm. And really good teachers, teachers are going to teach you tools to have that experience. So back to numerology. Numerology is meant to be sort of a poetic, artistic, spiritual, meditative experience. That really it's all about you having a great experience of yourself. And then you realize... Oh, okay, the numbers, here are some like little key concepts about the numbers, but then I'm opening something higher, and then those answers, you'll know the truth. So I guess that's my opinion on it, <laughs> but that's also what I was taught. I mean, it's my, it's not just my theory I'm making up, I mean, but it makes sense to me, and I was taught that. Um, and, you know, when you're ready, like the right teachers will show up. Um, you know, but it's not even the philosophy. That's just philosophy. It really is do something mm -hmm. that is sacred. That really is you're in touch with your soul and who you are. You're going to feel a lot better about your life and everything else. And you'll make the changes accordingly. So what tools do you think people would you recommend at least for some people to use? 
besides my numerology book. Yeah, um, that's a joke. But uh, <laughs> I mean, actually, we'll sort of teach some of that. I mean, the, the simplest and easiest answer, because there's so many techniques and there are amazing teachers out there and practices. Um, but really, the what really it comes down to meditation is going to be huge and it's very accessible. I mean, even meditation is one of the things you could learn online. Um, so, you know, I, what I encourage people is start, start exploring things you're interested in and, and start doing something about it. And the thing that's your path will show, uh, show up for you, right? Like as a teenager, I was exploring witchcraft and Wicca, but I'm not into that per se. I have a lot of friends but that's not my path, but it led me to my path. So, um, but if your life will probably change if you do a daily meditation, that would be my biggest, easiest, simplest life kind of life hack. Yeah, just I know from my own experience doing meditation, I do it through Kundalini, like I, a lot of the practices they have meditation at the end and just doing one class a day for me has like instantly just changes my mood. It changes my energy. And so just creating that consistent practice can really help transform your life. Oh, Elizabeth. Weeks. <laughs> you no, know, absolutely. I mean, Kundalini, I'm not, is super, it's super potent mm. and it's powerful. And, and that's even just the way you say it. That's one of my jokes about it is like, you know, I, I love feeling good and I do that and I feel high from it. And then I go about my day. It's a lot easier when you're feeling good. So, really you know, and it's not like Kundalini is for everybody, no. but some practice and it might be. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you have two people that practice it and are talking about it, it might be a sign that you might want to give it a shot, but no matter what you try it, and then you, uh, you know, like it's going to open up something where you'll find the thing. Maybe you're really into transcendental meditation, whatever it is. But I mean, I do meditations every day and that, yeah. And the yoga, like it, it is such a opener. It's, it's nice to go about life, like feeling good. It really does. It it just changes your energy so quickly compared to, I don't know, like doing some other practices I've done in the past. And yeah, you'd always just have to find what works for you because everyone's so different. I do. I mean, I can say having been grown, having grew, I grew up with yoga, then all of the hermetic magic and all of that stuff, I do really have found just saying, having been exposed to some different traditions, um, practices um that kundalini is very fast very activating very empowering and that's like the root of what i do for my meditation practices and stuff and what i like about it is i can merge and tie in all of the you know mysticism of kabbalah and numerology and things like that so i say if you're tuning in give it a give it a whirl um but getting in touch with your infinite self is gonna it's really going to add, that's the key to prosperity in your life. I think mm -hmm. it definitely is. Once you remove those layers, it just magic becomes <laughs> magic. Just unfolds. Your intuition heightens everything about it is just great. And you, you said it really well. It's removing those layers. And that's what this five energy very much is. It's just 
let's clear it off. Let's remove the layers, you know, the, the old onion story or whatever. I'm like, there's got to be a better layered vegetable. <laughs> then there's always like the unraveling of the onion. I'm like, that's, that just doesn't sound like romantically enticing of your spiritual evolution, but it is what it is. You know, onions are good for you. Good for immunity. <laughs> the only other one I can it. think of is like an artichoke. <laughs> True. Yes. Um, and then I always think I'm like the artichoke is delicious. And then there's like those artichoke hairs that the rumor is you eat them and you like choke to death. Oh. Um, they're supposed to be really dangerous. That was like me as a kid eating like artichokes. That was fascinating. I'm dipping the leaves in butter, but they're like, you gotta be careful of the artichoke hairs. You can choke on them. And I was oh like, God. what? So finally you unravel the mysteries of your soul and then you choke. <laughs> Just kidding. I hope everybody have a sense of humor about all of this. I think humor is important too. It definitely is because some spiritual like um, people they can be very very serious, and I think it's important to have fun with it because we're we're all human. We're all having some experience going on. Yeah, holier than now is super boring. Um, but you know, whatever you know, every there's so many different people are going to resonate. People, you'll find the teacher you need will appear. So, um, yeah, that's uh, interesting times we're in. And then I'll leave a little gem that I haven't started to talk about this much yet. But next year, then, we're halfway through the five-year. We're coming to a six-year. And six is really a number of sort of um, – really is the number of the connection to divinity. And um, you can really – the actions you're taking this year is six. You can really put things into orbit. And so you need to start assessing what are you orbiting around? So if you orbiting around the media and, you know, this is what the news is saying in the world, or you orbit around your spirit and something higher, and that's going to be the energy next year. So kind of get rid of all the gunk now. It's prepping us. Um, for a real cosmic flow next year. Ooh, I'm excited for the sixth year then. <laughs> six is a very, I mean, every number has their magic. That's totally. the thing. We're, we're using all the numbers all the time. Every of person, course. you walk across the street, you're utilizing numerology. You just don't, don't know it. Because you don't know it in that language. And I just know it in that language, that's all. <laughs> And it seems like each year they build off of each other, which is so cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I kept telling people the four year, but a lot of people just like got stuck at home and did nothing. And now they're like, oh, what do I do financially? My unemployment's running out. And I'm like, you need to assess your whole life. And right. now you, most people that almost everyone I knew had some opportunity. When's the last time the whole planet had several months of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And sure, I know some people are working, you know, everyone's got their individual story. I get it. But as a collective, that was pretty interesting that the four year, you can even look at numerology. You could look at the fourth house, which is the home. Everybody's at home. Um, so, yeah, the years absolutely go into, in, there's a sequence and there's a pattern because then we get into the seven, which is going to be real prosperous. So you better start taking care of your stuff now. That adulting, the adulting number <laughs> is three. <laughs> <laughs> All 
I'm still thinking of the adulting yoga and the heavy metal yoga. <laughs> I wanted to uh, heavy metal yoga. I thought was kind of cool. I mean, sure, I get it. You know, it's probably. But I was like, actually, I probably would have just checked it out just for the novelty of it. Right. And then goat goat yoga. Have you seen that? I want to do that one. <laughs> I don't think there would be just, much yoga happening, but. <laughs> well, goats are adorable. And yeah. so I'd love to just hang out and play with goats, especially the little baby, the kids. They're called kids. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on the show. So where can people find you and find your book when it comes out on 1111? Yeah, you can actually – I didn't even know this. I didn't even know it was available for pre-order. It already hit the number one on Amazon, and um, I didn't even know it was for sale yet. Um, so that I was like, oh, that's a good sign. Actually, I had just done a weekend intensive of Kundalini Prosperity work, and then all of a sudden my friend texted me. He's like, your book's number one. I was like, I, wait, I just discovered it was even available so you can pre-order it. You can pre-order it on Amazon, but Amazon claims it'll be out 11-9, so maybe it's through Amazon. But the official date is 11 uh, 11 The book, we're not even positive on the title, but it probably has been a beginner's guide to the mystical significance of the numbers. Um, but even if you are a, quote, advanced numerologist, which I doubt you are, um, I, I mean that in a humble way. It's just there's all this misinformation. I just don't. I only know a couple. Of, I know one other like numerologist as a job. But um, the uh, so even if you really know numbers, I'm merging the Kabbalah. So that's coming out this fall. You can find me my Instagram. I mean, if you now it's at a point if you just Google Remington Donovan, all of the options show up. But my Instagram and I pick a tarot card every single day that's my my little save it to the world um is the mystical arts at the mystical arts and then my website so remington donovan you'll find it all if you do that that is it for today's episode if you listen and like the reconnection podcast please leave a rating and review on itunes it helps more people find the show and you can also find me on Instagram at I am Elizabeth Shelton or visit my website, IamElizabethShelton.com for more free resources, courses, and readings. Until next time, you sexy soul. Bye.